0: Are you guys ready for the week in review? We've only got a couple of weeks until WrestleMania backlash. And this past week, SmackDown rolled through my hometown with a fairly big show of SmackDown. We've got a lot coming up for Monday Night Raw. We're actually going to preview a little bit of Monday Night Raw with a women's championship match, Becky Lynch returning, and what in the hell happened to Shinsuke Nakamura versus Rowan Reigns. Let's talk about that and everything else that happened on this week in WWE right after this. This episode of the WWE podcast is brought to you in part by Royal Organics. Royal Organics offers several strains of high-quality Kratom capsules, powder, and extracts in their product line. You can buy Kratom from many vendors on the internet, but only Royal Organics offers the highest quality at the lowest price possible to help you in your way of living life naturally. Check them out at royalorganics.us. That's Royal Organics. If you're looking for a one of a kind wrestling merchandise website, then check out WrestleMerchCentral.com. That's WrestleMerchCentral.com. They're a UK and European based company. And what they do is sell merchandise on behalf of wrestlers, promotions, podcasts, wrestling designers anyone or anything pro wrestling related they're no strangers to the world of wrestling and wrestling merchandise and they're brought to you by the team at event merchandising limited this is wwe superstar drew mcintyre and you're listening to the wwe podcast the The one that everybody wants me 16 says I just whipped your ass. This is my art. You're going to acknowledge me. Welcome to the WWE podcast. It is Sunday, April 24th, 2022. Let's talk wrestling. That's what we're here for. We're going to get into what happened this week in WWE and look a little bit ahead. I normally, we don't do that a ton in terms of uh, the weekend review, considering it's a review, not a preview, but... Uh, this Monday Night Raw is showing up to be fairly significant and we've got some things going on that are have been advertised for Monday Night Raw including Becky Lynch's return after her loss at WrestleMania to Bianca Belair what does that mean Uh, we have a women's championship match between Sonya Deville and Bianca Belair that I think is going to be very interesting to say the least and I would not count Sonya Deville out completely I'm going to be looking to see where that match is positioned if it's positioned at the end of raw I think Bianca stands a very good chance to lose the belt so we are going to get into the preview of course after the review of this week in WWE and I want to thank everybody for continuing to support the show Uh, you guys are you guys are are the best and um, I want to also give you guys a bit of a incentive to join us there on patreon which if you're interested in doing so we'll get you ad free everything for a dollar and you can get video for five dollars and higher but um thank you everybody and i want to give a shout out if i didn't already to anthony victoria uh thank you very much for your your support as well as zach downing and um, Rocky T. Houston, Texas Silver Fox. <laughs> That's a long one. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for your support of the show. And if you want to continue to support the show, guys, I mean, there's more than that. There's more than one way to do it. Right. You can also head on over to our Amazon link. Use the link whenever you buy stuff on our website at WWPodcast.com. Or uh, you can hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts and join us ad-free there. Or our website, wwepodcast.com, Going ad-free and going VIP there will get you all of our content 100% ad-free. So, week in review. What do, let's talk about the week in review. Let's talk about it. And overall, I thought this week in WWE was um, productive. I didn't think it blew me away, but it was significant enough to move storylines forward and start to set the lineup for the card in just two weeks now for the the premium live event that's going to take place on May 8th. And I think there's some interesting storylines going on. Where the hell is Shinsuke Nakamura? We don't know. I mean, he was, in the, he was one of the faceless, nameless lumberjacks that was in that um, matchup with Sami Zayn and Drew McIntyre. And it just is so weird that they had Shinsuke face Roman, get beat down, and then we all forget about it. Maybe they'll come back to it, but it seems like they're dropping this right in here, right now. Like it didn't happen. No one's mentioning it, at least to my knowledge. I could have completely I, I was on honestly, I was doing lawn work <laughs> while I was watching SmackDown. So it's very possible I missed something massive, but I will say it's just weird, um, but also very WWE-like to just start and, and drop something, just cold turkey. Not that I was super interested in Shinsuke versus Roman, although it was a new program. I don't think the promos would have been good for obvious reasons. in Rain would have been the silver lining, but we all knew the outcome, which is beyond predetermined, that Roman Reigns has a 100% chance of beating Shinsuke to retain the championship. But, hey, that's not even happening right now. So, uh, guys, this is a... If you're a Shinsuke Nakamura fan, I got some bad news uh, to deliver. I feel like Wade Barrett here. Uh, I've got some bad news and doesn't look like Shinsuke, for the moment, is going to get that championship match. I could be wrong. I hope I am, but it uh, looks like Roman is uh, right now. Right now, it looks like he's going into WrestleMania backlash unopposed. And that's just, I mean, th- the thing is, I, I don't hate that. And as fans, I think we are conditioned to have the expectation that every championship should be defended at every pay-per-view. I don't think that should be the case. I, I really don't. And I think that with Shinsuke out of the picture, at least for the time being, assumingly, unless things happen over the next week or two before the pay-per-view and it's possible that, that, it's okay because I'm thinking that WWE is trying to line their cards up and put their ducks in a row for with the match that they really want, which is drew versus Roman that they teased a little bit. We got our first small taste of it on SmackDown, but I think Shinsuke they knew wasn't going to be very fruitful or they didn't know how to maybe have Roman defend the championship because it is, is it going to be defended as one. You would imagine in a unification match, it would be, but, he's going to be carrying two belts so does he defend just one I I mean they're working probably these details out and they eventually do want to get to Roman and Drew I mean that that is the clear path I think that they have decided that they're going to go on for the first time Roman spoke about the bloodline and then in the, the third person uh, or, or, or rather a, a degree or two removed from directly talking about Roman Reigns or, or, or Drew McIntyre Roman said that People need to keep his family out of their mouths or something. Maybe this is an homage to Will Smith at the Oscars or whatever the hell that was. But um, that is to me how I'm viewing this is they are just pushing it aside. Roman's not going to appear, uh, at least in a official defending the championship capacity. Now, let's uh, get to something hilarious. I got to say, I wish I had the audio queued up. Something that was said on SmackDown made me laugh. And that it was during Naomi's promo saying that she had they have they have beaten all of the competition, that there's they have no competition left. And I don't think they intended it for it to be the way that it came off, at least in the way that fans I think view this and not WWE's written promo. When, when you're looking at this, you're thinking what, what WWE wants when Naomi's saying this is. We're so good that there's no real competition for us. But the way she delivered it made it sound like there's literally nobody in the division for her to defend the belts against. And I'm thinking, uh, yeah, that's exactly right, Naomi. You guys don't have competition because three quarters of the teams that that were together at WrestleMania have now fallen apart as expected. And you guys literally have nobody to compete against and now you throw of course Shayna baszler and natalia together which it's a formidable team it's fine i think it's fine honestly Uh, and and sasha has now committed completely to naomi's gimmick dyeing her hair the same color as uh, naomi's outfit i just i really wish that we could uh, just i don't know cut the mic every time sasha is going to laugh unless she's a heel i Did somebody tell her that she has a cute laugh or something and then she she just took it to heart and it never let go or she just maybe it's a nervous tick that she has to have at every end of her promo. I mean, we all have nervous ticks when we're publicly speaking. And I'm not saying that she's super nervous when she's on the mic, but maybe it's just this kind of habit rather instead of nervous tick this habit that Sasha has about having to do her insufferable laugh. That's even worse than Seth Rollins. But Seth is a heel, so it's okay. Uh, but you have Sasha doing this. She's a baby face, and she has just done this almost at the end of every one of her promos ever, and its I think it's just a, a, a reflex. It's just, oh, that's just what I do. I don't even think about it. I just do my stupid laugh. I know many of you don't care about that, but I do because I find it insufferable. I actually find her as a human being a, a bit insufferable, and I know some of you are like, you're attacking the person. Well, I'm judging that based on what I saw on the Broken Skull sessions many months ago when she was on there. And seemed to be somewhat in gimmick. There, there were flashes of her kind of still being the arrogant Sasha Banks. But this isn't, you know, th- this isn't 1990 anymore where you, you, you always need to be in character. Everyone that's ever gone on the Steve Austin show has broken character. I mean, that's just what you do. That's the point of the interview. So there's no reason for her to try to, you know, uh, protect kayfabe. And her on the show was, I mean, she was just, you could tell, very self absorbed, um, very into herself. Her answers were, I, I mean, just go watch it. I can't describe the feeling I got other than having you watch it. And maybe you guys feel completely different. But if that's a reflection of her as a, as a person, that, you know, she is that self absorbed and that, I, I guess, I, I don't know how else to put it, then uh, yeah, I have. I, I, I'm not a big Sasha Banks supporter. As it is, I mean, in the ring, as a, on a professional level, yes, hundred percent. But in terms of her actually being a one of my best of all time, or actually liking the person, uh, yeah, not so much right now. I mean, again, it's based on a small sample size, but. Uh, Anyway, I'm going off the deep end, as always. Let's move on here. But I did find that comment funny by Naomi. I'm like, yeah, Naomi, that's exactly right. You didn't mean it that way, but it's true. You guys have no competition because there is no tag team division. There is no women's tag team division. And two teams don't constitute a division, by the way. Okay? But uh, they're at least not going into oblivion. They're trying to keep the women's tag belts on TV and relevant. So I do appreciate that, even if the the, the women's tag team division is truly two teams deep now. So um, half of the women in that tag team division are champions. <laughs> Put it that way. All right. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about what do I want to talk about. Well, I was talking about Drew McIntyre. I might, I might as well finish that off. Right. So. It was finally um, dropped on us, at least in Easter egg ways, maybe more than that, about Roman and Drew finally connecting. And then they have been working at house shows reportedly over the last several months. So it's not that they haven't been working together. It's just that it hasn't actually connected on TV yet. So it's clear they've been preparing for this eventual matchup that we all knew was coming and... Um, I, I think it's several months away. They'll probably save it for SummerSlam. I would imagine. I would imagine that, you know, they have May, they have June and July to get through, and then maybe they have their their final meeting at SummerSlam. I, I, I wouldn't imagine that they would have their first meeting at SummerSlam. That's quite a ways away. So I would think maybe it's the blow-off inside a cell or inside, I, I don't know, a Punjabi prison infernal match or something. Who knows? But... Either way, I think that's what they're preparing for. That's what they've been preparing for on live events. Many of you have messaged me saying that you, you, you know they're still working at live events. And it's. Th- I don't mean to mock you. I'm, I'm mocking myself for not knowing that. Um, so I feel kind of silly not knowing. But thank you for everybody who's letting me know. And so anyway, Drew on SmackDown mentioned the bloodline and, and uh, mentioned it in a way that was favorable for him to reconcile with Orton. If Orton was on the same side as him about how he feels about the bloodline. And they have reconciled their differences from about a year or so ago when they were in. It. Randy and Drew were in a pretty heated heated program, and he essentially said, "Anybody that's the enemy of the Bloodline is a friend to me," or something like that. Um, and I, w- I was fine with it. It's fine, you know. It's been it's been long enough, and they shouldn't have any in- in- business getting involved in a program right now. Drew and Orton have had their time. I'm not interested in seeing anything with that at all. They're in two totally separate worlds, so it makes sense that they would leave things, let bygones be bygones and move on. It makes sense. And I do also like the Sami Zayn Drew story right now. It's a nice kind of cat and mouse matchup that they're having. The the payoff that they've clearly told you is wanting to see Sami Zayn get his head kicked off by Drew McIntyre. And they have had Sammy avoid it week after week with two countouts and now uh, another escaping through the crowd uh, during the Lumberjack match. And uh, Drew eventually did hit the uh, Claymore, but it was on, I don't know, Shanky or something. But... I mean, the matchup is fine. Lumberjack matches are always kind of a cluster that, you know, is going to turn into a cluster and, you know, the baby faces are going to group together and the heels group together. And when the baby faces have the heel on the outside of the ring, they just throw the heel back in the ring because they're supposed to. And when we have the heels on the outside of the ring, they beat down the the, the baby face and then toss them back in the ring. I'm not complaining about it. It's just kind of just basic logic. But this Program with Sammy. I'm enjoying, and I also enjoyed Sammy Zayn approaching Roman Reigns in the locker room. It's an interesting, new, fresh dynamic, and one that I wish Sammy Zayn was in prior to uh, prior prior to WrestleMania instead of being involved with the the celebrity, uh, the the, the obligatory celebrity pick that Vince has every year or pick or two now. But this feels like an actual. You know, much more, it's a much more elevated program, uh, uh, one that he can sink his teeth into versus, you know, Johnny Knoxville that I never want to see ever again. Uh, so this is good. And again, the payoff, is, you know what the payoff is it's clear cut, it's obvious, it's clear. And I like that. And Sammy has avoided it for three weeks now. We all know it's coming. But what's hilarious to me is Sammy has been running every week from Drew, right? So every week, We're having Adam Pierce on a personal mission to make sure that Sammy has to face the music and he can't escape and he has to get what's coming to him. And then, you know, okay, the lumberjack match, it's like, eh, okay, that's kind of a mild step. You know, eventually, and I said this a week or two ago, that steel cage is coming. And what do we do? We get a steel cage match next week. And fine, fine, fine. Logical sense. I'm not I'm not knocking the logic. I like logic. But here's where the logic falls completely off a cliff into the abyss and crushed by a black hole is. Sammy's been running, right? We know this. Now, why would you put him in a match in which a method of winning is by running away? Not only can he, will he not lose the match? Like if it was just a normal wrestling match, and he, he'd get an L in his, uh, you know, in, in the L column with just a regular match, you get counted out, whatever. But now he actually could win by trying to prevent him from doing the very thing he's been doing the last three weeks. Am I missing something? No, I understand that we're not supposed to look at this more than surface deep, right? We're supposed to just look at this and go, oh, well, steel cage makes more sense. It's the next level. Well, number one, there's no cage. There's no top. Okay. It's not a cell in a cell. I know that. But the steel cage match has never, ever, 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 ever proven to be effective in keeping people in or keeping people out ever. In fact, it is designed to do the very opposite many times. And by the way, you, you can also just run out the door which is the most ridiculous finish of all in pro wrestling. I would say that walking out of that steel cage door and having the referees open it for you is even worse than the roll-up, which we had a lot of roll-ups on SmackDown I wasn't a fan of, in particular uh, Xavier Woods that just continues to get stupid fluke victories. And uh, just uh, we'll get to that. But my point is that it's hilarious that they put him in a match that actually is advantageous and promotes his further use of, or his further strategy of running away out of the cage. Um, that will actually probably, he'll, he'll probably end up winning next week by escaping the cage. And, uh, maybe the Usos are, the problem, I'm going to guess the Usos are going to screw Drew McIntyre while Sami Zayn escapes the ring and gets the victory. That's my guess. But, uh, it's just, I don't know if anybody thought about that, but, um, so anyway, I'm fine with this little kind of mini uh, mini program between Sammy and Drew in the meantime as a appetizer before we get the actual main course, which, of course, is Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre, probably at the next pay-per-view in June. Money in the bag, whatever the hell it is. So, all right. Well, let's continue on. I want to talk about the contract signing between Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. And again, guys, this is my hometown. Uh, by the way. Uh, hey, I tweeted this, too, at Pat McAfee. I love you, brother. I do. You 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 killed it. You're one of the best, most successful YouTubers of all time. You're doing great commentary. Uh, it's pronounced Albany, not Albany. All right. I know there's only it's spelled like Al. It's pronounced all. I know. Bit of confusing. So it's clear you've never been here or talked to anybody from here. <laughs> it's clear. He got it right a few times. You pronounced it right. But you know if someone mispronounces the name of your city, you're like, yeah, you ain't from here, right? It's Albany, not Albany. My God. All right. Anyway, that's just something I'm like, dude, can someone tell him? Michael Cole got it right. Michael Cole got it right. And and Pat McAfee did too. He he seemed to get it right. and Then he reverted back to the mispronunciation. But I guess anyway, moving on. So uh, this contract signing between Charlotte and Rhonda it was fine. Of course, we get the usual Rhonda um, whispering on the mic and trying to do her cute little side smile. That is the most annoying thing I've ever seen. And then Charlotte ends up attacking after she signed, attacking Rhonda Rousey and hit, getting her with a kendo stick that was hidden underneath the table and beating her down. Rhonda gets uh, or, or returns the favor. Eventually, uh, I don't know, she stopped Charlotte by catching the kendo stick and then beating down Charlotte with it and uh, Ronda Rousey, or rather, Charlotte retreats. And then uh, we have Drew, Gul- Drew Gulak, who is apparently now the uh, the women's division punching bag. And he ends up, uh, for some reason, you know, in an armbar whilst Ronda Rousey signs her part of the contract. And while why nobody is saying or do anything about this I don't know like I mean okay he's he hasn't been labeled as an official he's an assistant to the official but if he's not an actual competitor he should still be protected by the company I don't know I maybe I'm looking again too much into this but I thought I mean it was it was an okay segment you know Ronda Rousey is is, is as always not very clever on the promo um she short and sweet is her sweet spot no doubt about it so it, it was fine. And next week on SmackDown, we're getting two individual matches from both women, a beat the clock. I quit challenge. And we'll have to see how that goes. So um, anyway, the crowd was all over her. The crowd, by the way, uh, congrats, Albany. You guys were all over. You guys played nice for all the baby faces and heels. You guys weren't very rebellious. I'm, I'm a bit sad. I'm also a bit sad and disappointed in my hometown of you, Everybody cheering for the new day at least seemingly cheering for the new day we'll get to that in a minute but um yeah i you guys have brought great shame to this city i have to say uh but that said again ronda rousey was fine on the microphone she signed her piece and you know i, I think she actually has a very strong chance of winning at, at uh, backlash very strong chance uh so all right uh, let's get to the new day let's talk about the new day which consisted of Butch again versus Xavier Woods. And, you know, I mean, I I just, I, I don't understand. Like, I know that Xavier Woods is not billed as this strong, muscular guy. But why are we currently being educated to believe that he's getting fluke victories over a man that's not as Physically imposing as him and doesn't nearly have the tenure on his roster. And now all of a sudden we have Xavier Woods, who's getting the types of victories that new guys get like new guys and gals get these victories that are like put them on the map, show that they have some spontaneity, show that they have, you know, some an actual like list of maneuvers that they can perform and they can get a quick victory. That's what you do with new guys. Not guys that have been here for ten plus years in Xavier Woods. So I mean, I I don't know. I, I wasn't I wasn't a huge, huge fan of uh of this program or this um particular ending here with Xavier defeating Butch after Butch um you know, you, you he rolled Butch up in a small package and then Butch attacked a security guard and he disappeared into the crowd again just this is what the third time that Xavier Woods has beaten Butch via roll up I think god um and shame on you albany shame on you shame on you for cheering for Kofi Kingston who's wearing one of those the, the hat I think it might have been uh it, it might have been Sheamus's hat or Ridge Holland's hat I don't know but it was just uh Kofi's just the worst he's the worst uh okay Let's see. Where are we going here? Uh, Ricochet accepted a challenge made by Shanky. That that was also a thing here. Gender and Shanky interrupted Ricochet, who was hanging out with Aaliyah, and she was smitten for Ricochet. And it was kind of uncomfortable and weird. But th- this is just to set up an intercontinental championship match for Shanky. And, uh, again, the narrative that was pushed by Gender telling Ricochet, and you, you say you're such a fighting champion, again pushing that narrative that all baby faces need to be fighting champions to me is a big mistake, but why you're putting it on the line against somebody that just essentially got here is, is also a bit detrimental to the championship itself, but I'm in the minority there and that's fine. So Shanky versus ricochet is next week on SmackDown for the intercontinental championship. No shame whatsoever in bringing uh, more championship matches to free TV. They're doing it on a weekly basis. Now, just as if they're just as, as there is no shame in essentially quietly announcing that there is no more brand split. They haven't officially announced anything, guys. I'm just interpreting their actions, which is telling me they don't have a brand split. They don't have one. I mean, they're not even acknowledging people that come over as if they shouldn't be there at special, you know, privileges or whatever. So all right. But Ricochet accepted it, and it'll be fine. And do I think anything's going to come of Ricochet and Aaliyah? Probably not. I mean, can Aaliyah actually do something other than, like, kind of just flirt with people backstage? It seems to be like that that's like her finishing maneuver. Is <laughs> he's, he's like flirting with guys backstage and, and just, like, building them up. It's bizarre. So uh, Gunther, yes, I said Gunther, not Gunther, took out uh, Teddy Goods after he folded him up with a, a power bomb. Kaiser introduced him in the matchup. And, I, I mean, God, uh, Gunther or Walter is just got such an imposing, imposing, uh, just unique-looking face. And he knows it, and they know it. It's such an asset to him. And it's not just that. I mean, he's good in the ring, too. He doesn't have the six-pack. He's a thick guy that has some body fat on him, but I don't care. Not everybody needs to have 2% body fat. I mean, it's it's a definitely a... He's a unique-looking dude, naturally. They don't need to do anything with him special. You notice he's not wearing any outfits as far as, like, like trying to be gimmicky, right? He's not coming out there in some, like, colorful scheme or, or trying to make a gimmick. He's just him. And I think that's what's going to ultimately lead to his success is just being him and being Walter, i.e. being Gunther. So... I'm I, I'm really high on him right now if you guys didn't follow him in in like NXT UK. I mean go back and someone watch some of his work. We've got some special um some special moments coming I think with him. All right. Let's continue on. I want to finish up Smackdown here. Uh let's see here. Madcap Moss defeated Angel Garza. He's I guess I mean Madcap Moss continues to roll here. But after he won the match, We had Corbin, who was torched by a joke earlier about making fun about uh, Corbin's hairline, which was really actually kind of funny. Um, We had Mad Cat Moss get the victory, but then get beat down and get hit with the end of days. So Mad Cat Moss and Corbin seems to be on a collision course for Backlash. And, you know, I'm fine with it, really. I think it's a good thing. Good thing for Mad Cat Moss. And he seems to be getting a warm reaction from the crowd. Not overwhelming because I think the fans are still kind of trying to find their footing with him and find out why or how they should cheer for this guy and not just because he's across the ring from Corbin. That's one reason. But beyond that, I mean, that could be anybody. Why you specifically should we get ourselves attached to? Why should we care about if you win or lose? And I think fans are starting to, to come around to him. Lacey Evans then had part three of her sad sob childhood story and I mean that again. I I alluded to this last week because I wasn't sure if WWE and her, you know Dicey were embellishing things. It's clear that they're going for the heartstrings on this one, right? They're trying to instill empathy with fans, whether you can whether you feel bad for her or you can relate to her if you had a similar scenario. Either way, I mean it's it's still it's still effective, and I said this last week. I feel like a broken record, but I'm starting to kind of convince myself more and more that this is a not a work in terms of she's going to turn heel, but they're embellishing things or maybe making this up completely. I I want to say no. I'm still going to stay by no, but I I I'm I'm ready for her to just come back. I mean, the reintroduction of Lacey Evans is totally cool with me. And the fact that she's if this is all true, if it's all true that she had a drunk for a dad and he wasn't there and he was abusive and she was on her own completely and nobody helped her get ready for prom. That's why I do my makeup. I'm an independent woman. I don't need no man. That kind of attitude. You know, if this is all true. Well, cool. But doesn't it also seem as if she's I don't know. You know, what, I'm not going to be cynical about it. I'm going to still go by this is a factual story by Lacey Evans, and if it is, sign me up still. I mean, she's still got a good promo, and it's not gimmicky, right? She's not this snotty 18 or 1920s, you know, uh, feminist. She's a a very much just kind of her real self, and if that's the case, cool, cool. I'm, I'm still on board. I don't want this to continue. Though. can we can we stop chapter chapter three is it I don't need chapter four and five because I, I we get it right like they painted the picture we got it you had a terrible childhood you had you were an abusive home okay we feel for you but I don't want to cheer for you out of pity either they got to be careful of that like i don't, I don't want to cheer for you oh well she had a bad childhood I gotta make her feel better by cheering for her no Right? There's got to be something a little bit more that we connect with and it's they're on a good path. I will say that. I'm not complaining about the path that they've chosen. I'm just consider, concerned about the the long-term effects if they continue to try to push this. And she talks about her childhood in every single promo. Then I think they're in trouble. So, Alright, let's take a quick break for the sponsors of today's episode and then we'll be right back with finishing up SmackDown and then we will get to Monday Night Raw and preview a little bit of Tomorrow night, or depending on when you're listening to this, tonight's Monday Night Raw. So stay right here. We'll be right back. This episode of the WWE Podcast is brought to you in part by Royal Organics. Royal Organics offers several strains of high-quality Kratom capsules, powder, and extracts in their product line. You can buy Kratom from many vendors on the Internet, but only Royal Organics offers the highest quality at the lowest price possible to help you in your way of living life naturally. Check them out at RoyalOrganics.us. That's RoyalOrganics.us. If you're looking for a -a one-of-a-kind wrestling merchandise website, then check out WrestleMerchCentral.com. That's WrestleMerchCentral.com. They're a UK and European-based company, and what they do is sell merchandise on behalf of wrestlers, promotions, podcasts, wrestling designers, anyone or anything pro wrestling related. They're no strangers to the world of wrestling and wrestling merchandise. And they're brought to you by the team at event merchandising limited in Europe. They're the first European company that produced licensed and created wrestling merchandise exclusively for over 30 years for big wrestling brands like WWE TNA impact and WOS wrestling. And if you'd like to join wrestle merch central and have your wrestling merch available as part of their brand, Then contact them at customer service at WrestleMerchCentral.com. So, guys, go check out this one of a kind wrestling merchandise website. It's called WrestleMerchCentral.com. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Welcome back. Thank you everybody for sticking around and let's move on here. We're not too much to talk about with, uh, with SmackDown. We covered a lot of it. Uh, let's see if we did miss anything and Riddle versus Jey Uso really good match here. Really good as expected and Riddle defeats J Uso and it was, it was competitive. It was really good. And, I enjoyed it, I have to say. Uh, we did have Jay Uso get kind of scalded or looked down upon by Roman Reigns in the back. And as expected, he did. But um, Randy Orton looks like he's having a blast. You know, Randy Orton is in a different world right now. And don't forget, as we transition here to Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Raw is going to be the 20th anniversary, the 20th year celebration of Randy Orton's debut in WWE. And... There's, I think, the, uh, also kind of a, somewhat of a documentary going on in WWE regarding uh, Randy Orton, I think. Don't quote me on that. I, I saw some clips about different stars talking about Randy Orton in his 20 years. So maybe it's just a kind of a quick thing on WWE's YouTube page or it's an actual documentary coming out. Well, I, I don't know. But my point is the 20th celebration is probably going to be spoiled by the Usos who are going to likely attack Randy during that celebration, whatever it is, maybe riddle has kind of like Randy, this is your life type of thing. And then the Usos come out and crash it. Uh, But that's one thing that I think is going to be fun to to talk about. Number two is the women's championship match between Sonya Deville and I, and, and Bianca Belair. I'm really looking forward to that because again, as I alluded to at the beginning of the show, if the placement of this match is at the end of the show, there's a solid chance that we have a new women's champion because title changes more happen a lot more at the end of shows. I mean, I mean, not exclusively, but it's a very high, much a much larger and exponentially larger percentage of championships change hands when it's in the main event versus when it's in kind of the middle of the show, beginning of the show, whatever. So be, keep an eye out for that. But also, Sonya Deville, as the WWE official, I don't think that's going to be lasting much longer. The investigation, quote unquote, continues, of course, from Adam Pierce, who brought that news down to Sonya. And you do wonder how much longer that she's going to be a WWE official. Again, we don't know how that actually happened. They won't tell us. But if her tile her uh, privileges and duties will no longer be needed as an official on Raw, I mean, that, that could also happen. And. So either way, I'm really looking to see what Sonya Deville has in a one-on-one matchup with somebody the caliber, if not the elite athlete that WWE has in the women's division of Bianca Belair. Very curious to see the match quality and really going to be keeping an eye on Sonya Deville on this one. So I'm looking forward to that. And um, I'm also on Monday Night Raw looking forward to the return of Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch promo, uh, which is what's likely going to happen. They said she's going to return, I would imagine, in a promo. I think she'll get a nice, warm welcome. People still are very hesitant to to boo her because of just how likable she is at times and her music and everything else. Her hair is now kind of badass. She's evolving. It's good. And I think that the fans just have a hard time booing her. It's tough. It's really tough. But I I don't know if when she comes back, she's going to interfere in the Women's Championship match. Maybe. Maybe. Or if she goes straight to another opponent, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. They didn't give us anything other than Becky Lynch is going to return on Monday night. So it's is it coincidence that there's a Raw Women's Championship match that night? Probably not. Maybe she does get involved and screw over Bianca, leading to a triple threat, or um, maybe beating her down after Bianca retains, therefore Sonya doesn't get the championship. But we have uh, we have a, a beatdown from the heel to the baby face which leads to a match in a couple of weeks at the premium live event so either way i mean it's i don't think it's coincidence becky lynch returns the night that there was a women's championship match i think that there's probably a connection there so read into that as you will and that is pretty much all i know about monday night raw i don't know if there's anything else advertised or if there's any other big names advertised um and I have to say to WWE, they felt, I think, somewhat comfortable mentioning our city name. I mean, we don't have an NFL team here in, uh, in upstate New York, but, you know, we're the capital of New York. That's about the only thing we have going for us and maybe the only reason that saved us from being the uh, the the island of misfit toys that they throw you know, like Greensboro, North Carolina in or or whatever city doesn't have. A uh, an NFL team, or is a quote unquote southern city. Vince likes to throw those to the side, and or, or just say the state name, like Indiana. Acknowledge me, like they don't say the name of the city, or they say they're in the shadow of someplace, or they say they're at the college campus of someone. Like they embellish so much crap to try to make the perception that they're a bigger in a bigger city than they actually are. And I'm glad and Albany seemed to be lukewarm, like they didn't mention our name more than like once or twice. I mean, I think even Charlotte said our, uh, the Albany name once, um, but there wasn't there wasn't an overuse of our name, which means they're like they're not proud of where they are, but they're not they're not embarrassed either. They're kind of like, nah, all right, we can accept this. We'll mention you guys a couple times. You know, that's kind of the reception I got on a personal level. So, yeah, and that not that you guys particularly care about how I feel about WWE's perception of my hometown. But hey. Anyway, uh, so that was SmackDown previewing Raw a little bit, but let's talk a little bit about the Monday Night Raw that just passed. And Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, the whole, the big storyline that set up the main event, of course, was Seth Rollins coming out and trying to do to Cody Rhodes, what Cody Rhodes did to Seth at WrestleMania, surprising him. Not He didn't know that that was going to be his opponent, uh, even though it was the worst kept secret in the history of pro wrestling in 2022. But, Let's go down the list and remind you what happened on Raw. Cody Rhodes defeated Kevin Owens via countout in the main event. We had women's the Women's Tag Team Championship of Naomi and Sasha defeat Liv and Rhea, and Rhea turned on Liv here, and Rhea turned heel. Um, so that's also very important to remember. Sonya Deville explained herself, inserting, in, inserting herself into the title match. We had Veer Mahan defeat Jeff Brooks. Be a submission. Adam Pierce fined Bianca Belair a dollar for putting her hands on Sonia. Ezekiel passed Kevin Owens lie detector test quote unquote proving he's not Elias and Elias then subsequently got into a match with Chad Gable and Ezekiel won via disqualification after interference from Otis uh, One quick thing about Ezekiel, I feel like it's starting to catch on I feel it's going to, it's starting to catch on and While I I made fun of his hair and his lack of a beard and his generic look and this mark my words this could be if done correctly and what I mean by that is WWE needs to leave it the F alone like don't tamper with this and I feel like it might go get over way more than you expect just I feel something there I feel like there's they're they're about to they're they're grasping onto something with this this Ezekiel thing and the whole Zeke speak thing do you want to hear Zeke speak there's something here. I have to say, and I have to admit, there's something here. Uh, Okay, what else happened here? Street Profits defeated RK-Bro with a doomsday device on Riddle. And the Profits here, they tricked RK-Bro by playing the Usos music during the match, which caused a distraction. Did this really turn the Street Profits' heel? Uh, I mean, I said no, but I'm not going to rule it out. I'm not going to rule it out. So we'll see what happens on part two this uh, tonight or tomorrow night, whatever. Edge and Damian Priest attacked AJ Styles on the locker room. They slammed AJ's arm in like a, a, a locker several times. It was like, a, I don't know what it was, a seat or a locker. Damaging AJ's arm. The United States Championship Theory defeats Balor to become the United States Champion. And then a commitment ceremony that was way too long and way too embarrassing other than our truth that took place between Reggie and Dana and Tamina and Akira Tozawa. Um, so, yeah, that is uh, that's pretty much it, guys. As far as this weekend review goes, I want to thank everybody for listening and taking the time out of their day or morning or evening to, uh, to to hear us. And I do appreciate every everything that you guys do, even if all you do is, is just listen every week and, and you subscribe to us. That's all. That's all we're really asking for. Everything else is gravy. If you guys actually want to mo- monetarily support the show. You can, and it also benefits you because you get rid of all the damn ads. There's a lot of ads on this show. I understand that. But a man's got to eat. man's got to pay the bills. And if you want all those ads removed for a dollar, I mean, that's like pennies per day. You can do that by going to uh, our Patreon page, patreon.com slash WWE podcast. You can also go to WWE podcast.com and go VIP. You can also go to our Apple podcast subscription page and sign up for 99 cents a month. I mean, I'd say it's a pretty darn good value. So, everybody, thank you so much for for listening tonight. I hope everyone enjoys their day. I'll be back tomorrow with more wrestling content. And then Tuesday's our weekend, or or, or, Tuesday's a raw review. Wednesday's the mailbag. And uh, it's our week before WrestleMania backlash. So, everybody, thanks so much. And I'll talk to you next time.